Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology, a level topic by topic, to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Right, so, episode 55... 55, quite an impromptu recording today. It is a bit, yeah, it's a bit rushed. It's a bit like, get over here now, we'll quickly do this, and then yeah. it's done. <laughs> so, transport in plants, specifically this one, the xylem. So, the next week's episode will be the phloem. So, this week we're concentrating on xylem. Okay. So, we're going to look at xylem as the tissue that transports water in the stem and leaves of plants, and the cohesion tension theory of water transport in the xylem. What I would recommend is that if you need a little recap on the properties of water, particularly the cohesiveness of water and the polarity of water, might be worth a little listen to our episode on water and inorganic ions. Just the water bit uh, would be useful. And also perhaps the gas exchange in a leaf episode, just to remind yourself of the structure of a leaf, that sort of thing. We will talk through what's important now, but it might be worth coming into it with that kind of recalled knowledge clearer mm-hmm. in your head. What do you remember about the polarity of water? Is this something about how it moves, how it spreads? It's to do with how water can stay together, yeah. What do I... I seem to recall you saying something about it will spread as evenly or something. It will spread yeah, out. Yeah, but it always stays together. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the key thing about water is it tends to stay together because the water molecules stick together. Mm -hmm. Stick, with inverted commas. Polarity of water means that, so you know water is, and if you listen to the episode on water then you'll remember this, water is like one oxygen molecule and two hydrogen molecules. H2O. H2O, and it's, it's arranged like a little... I always say Mickey Mouse head with the two ears in the head. The way that it's bonded together means that there are more electrons, like the electrons from the hydrogen, which are negative, are pulled towards the oxygen because they're sharing them. So oxygen atoms in the molecule are slightly negative. And because the hydrogen's electron on both is being pulled towards the oxygen... Each hydrogen has one and it's on one side. The opposite side of the hydrogen atom is slightly positive. So it's a polar molecule. One side of it is slightly negative and one side of of it's slightly positive. What that means is if you've got a water molecule next to another water molecule, the slightly positive side will be attracted to the opposite charge, the slightly negative side of the oxygen. So the hydrogens are attracted ever so slightly to the oxygens and they're cohesive and they stay together. Because of that, water has this incredible property of being able to flow together in one unbroken column up a stem. The structure of the tube that carries water also makes it easier for the water to flow 
up from the root to the leaf against the force of gravity much, much easier. So we'll talk about that now. Xylem is the vessel that water is carried in through a plant and it's vascular tissue, so it's um, like our blood vessels. It's about carrying something through, a mass transport system of water. Uh, and also some mineral ions that will be in the water and dissolved in the water. So it, it's effectively a tube, but it doesn't always start out like that. When the plant's growing, it's going to have meristem cells growing. Meristem cells are the ones that are always dividing to grow the shoot or the root or whatever's growing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The stem cells that's in the plant that are going to become xylem will grow on top of each other to form a column. And what will happen to those cells is they themselves are going to die. And so if you imagine like so many columnar cells on top of each other, like this, all the way up, all of the end cell walls start to break down and degrade. So it forms a tube. So the cell walls at the side... Oh, okay. So the, the side So it doesn't walls, actually form the tube until all the things are dead? Yes, so they just build, 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 build yes. together. Yes. And then when the walls die, that makes the column. Yes. Mm-hmm. So end walls degrade, end walls break down. Side walls are still there for a bit, but it's now a hollow tube where you can have the flow, constant flow through, nothing stopping it, unbroken flow of water. Now, what strengthens it, what makes it really quite strong, is a polymer called lignin that starts to form in those cells. So it starts the side walls start to fill with this stuff called lignin. Really rigid, really strong, really supportive, like polymer. And it can also form, so it doesn't just form the sides, it can also form rings of a or spiral as well in the tube as well to kind of strengthen it. That's what allows it to do. So you're, you've basically got what was cells that have now been broken down, turned into a tube, filled with a substance that just makes it really strong, and that's it. I think I've said before, I might have said this in like a plant episode before, I can't remember what episode I've said it, but we don't eat celery, so we don't know, but the crunchiness of, of celery, like when you eat lettuce and it's crunchy, yeah. the stems, that's lignin in the vessel of the xylem. That's in like the veins of the leaves or mm-hmm. the stem part of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The tube becomes really tough, really tough. So that makes it really good for that water transport, like I said. I think what's also important to mention, I don't think this is actually part of the spec, but it kind of gives you that extra bit. Lignin is ever so slightly hydrophobic. So, so it, it re- hates water. It hates water. It repels water. So that actually allows the water to conduct so it tube. doesn't t- seal any of it either. It doesn't take it. So normally the water might have seeped into the cell wall and it wouldn't be able to flow up if it did that. But lignin's like, nah, get away, go. And it conducts it up the tube rather than taking it in. It doesn't let any of it absorb in or anything. So that's lignin and that's kind of the structure of the xylem. So from root to leaf... As I've said before, it's against gravity, so it's got to be strong. It's got to be something that is pulling the water up rather than pushing the water up. That is a process called transpiration. So we're going to talk just a little bit about transpiration as Mm -hmm. well today, okay? Because we've already talked about cohesion, then that goes nicely with what we call tension, cohesion-tension theory, which is how water moves up a tube, up the xylem. 
We know that the water molecules stick together. So we know that if one water molecule was to be pulled, it, it would take probably it. take others with it. And what allows that to happen is tension caused in the plant by transpiration. And transpiration is the evaporation of water out of the leaf. So imagine it in your head. Water leaves the leaf. So the water is now going to have a lower water potential. There's not going to be a lot of water in there. That automatically pulls water out of the xylem into the leaf. And that creates a suction or a tension. For more to go. For more to keep going up. And mm-hmm. then that pulls it out of the roots into the xylem and so on. Yeah. So you've got this constant lower water potential. Therefore, we're going to pull it from the next point higher and then in. And then that makes that bit lower. So that pulls more yeah. in from there. And it's yeah. this constant unbroken column of water if the stomata are open in the leaf because there are a lot of exam questions on this topic in all the past papers they love this sort of question this seems to be quite it's a a popular one it's a popular one they can ask you what cohesion tension is they could ask you oh how does water flow through a plant they could ask you about transpiration the factors affecting transpiration they could base it around practical work they can ask a lot And they did, they did, there's a lot. It was hard to break it down to just three questions, so I didn't. (laughs) 57 questions today. So there are four sort of main factors that can affect transpiration. So can... Oh, can I guess some of them? Yeah. The amount of water available? No. If it's a little bit broken? You'd think that would be, no. (laughs) Not if it's... What if the plant's a little bit Yeah, if someone stood on it or something? Well, the assumption that you've got a functioning plant and that there is and that there is plenty of water available so much to do with photosynthesis no but no no, but if it is photosynthesizing there will be factors affecting that which will affect the transpiration um think about more outside the plant rather than yeah okay and and what's the weather yeah what's the what about it Definitely weather. If it's boiling hot. It's all weather. Yes, hot, heat, right. It's all weather related pretty much. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's all the environment around the plant. Temperature, yeah. So if the temperature is hot, increased, what do you think the rate of transpiration will be? Do you think there'll be lots of water leaving the plant or no? I imagine it would need more water, so it would use more water. Again, that is because of what is happening. So what does... But if it's using more water, then it's not letting any water out. But what does a higher temperature give to particles? It vibrates them. It vibrates them. It makes them move more. Yeah. Yeah? So if you've got particles that are moving more, they're going to evaporate more. So the water's evaporated. So there's no water in the plant because it's too hot. So it's going to keep pulling it up. Yeah. Yeah? The water in the mesophyll cells are going to be diffusing into the air spaces they're going to have a lot of energy they're going to be evaporating out through the stomata into the air and then that's going to pull more water up out of the xylem to go into the cells that will increase the rate of transpiration there'll be more evaporation so what else temperature we've done there are three others um and it's all to do with weather it's pretty much all to do with weather wind yeah so (laughs) the windier it is what do you think let me help you. So, water's evaporating out of the leaf. Yeah. So, water vapour is in the air, just around the leaf. And it gets blown away. And it gets blown oh. away. <laughs> so, what does that do to the water potential outside the leaf? 
It lessens it. It 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 lowers it, lowers yeah. the water potential. So it'll be higher in the leaf, lower outside the leaf. So water will move out of the leaf. Yeah. Via that gradient, and then that'll pull water into the leaf. Yeah. So transpirations. The quicker. other one, I'm gonna say, if it's raining. Kinda, yeah. But Acid not, rain. <laughs> not. It's not necessarily about it raining, but it is to do with moisture. Okay. And moisture in the air. If there's moisture in the air, then it won't need to leave the leaf because there's already moisture outside the leaf. That's right. But it's not that it won't need to, it just won't. Yeah. Yeah, good. So what's that called when there's a lot of water in the air? We did this in our episode already. Yeah, did we? Well, we talked about this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. We did a thing on cactus and things. They have got things that stick Oh, yeah, up. we talked about xerophytes. Absolutely, yeah. Will, Adaptations, yeah. They yeah, yeah. will take the moisture. They will keep yeah, the moisture yeah, yeah. close Keep by. the moisture close. They need so it. what do we call that when there's lots of water in the air? Don't know. Okay, it's called humidity. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Also. So if it's really humid, high humidity, there's going to be lots and lots of water in the air, right outside the leaf, high water potential, lower in the leaf. It ain't going anywhere, really, yeah. is it? So it hasn't got a high to low gradient out of the leaf to flow, so it won't flow. So transpiration goes down. So transpiration rate goes down when it's humid. But a little bit of wind, pick that right up. <laughs> uh, what's the last one? I would have thought would have been the probably the easiest one. Oh, okay. Uh... I think honestly, I think if I said it to you, you'd be like, oh, of course. Oh God! Because <laughs> it's so important to plants. Sunlight. Yes. <laughs> sunlight. Why did you go, like, sunlight? Because that was like when I was talking about it being boiling hot, I thought that might sort of, like, have been a part of that. <laughs> well, it probably does affect it in some way, but, yeah, yeah light, light. Okay. Because plants photosynthesise. Because they like the light. When there's light. And they photosynthesise when there's light because the light allows the stoma to open, the stomata to open. Yeah. The more stoma you've got open or the more stoma you've got on the leaf the more chance you've got of water escaping. Because the stoma are open so that carbon dioxide can go in and oxygen can go out, but water just escapes anyway, like, ha-ha. See ya. And bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. So the lighter it is, the more stomata that will be open, the more chance you've got water of escaping. That's why xerophytes try and reduce the chances of water escaping while they're trying to still photosynthesise. So if you could get a question asking about the transpiration rate of plants related to also water movement or sugar movement for a plant it could say right the variable we changed is this how has that affected it the way that it's investigated normally is the use of a potometer so if we just talk through a potometer and some related questions to that within the exam questions that we do so the resource that sarah's looking at is on teachmescience.co.uk it is a picture of a potometer taken from an exam question that related data to the investigation that was conducted with it. So that will form part of our exam question section of this episode. But I just want to talk through how a potometer works with Sarah right now. And then move on to the questions. We'll, we'll move on to the questions pretty much straight away after that. This apparatus, as you can see, as it is set up, is basically just a lot of tubing. OK, a lot of glass tubes. There's a space for the plant to go. You've got a little reservoir of water with a tap and then you've got a capillary tube that has a scale on it and then that just leads down into a beaker of water. Now this would have to be assembled underwater. Everything would have to be assembled underwater so, so it's it full, of, full water. of water with no air inside and you would have to seal the plant under the water. The plant would need to be cut at the bottom 
on a slightly slanted angle and then you would seal it into the tube rubber bung into it with a rubber bung okay assemble the whole thing close the tap making sure that when you bring it out it's completely airtight and sealed at any junction so it might be that you just make sure that all your bungs are tight maybe a little bit of vaseline petroleum jelly some something like that yeah there are other petroleum jellies available and then the capillary tube the end bit needs to be inside a beaker of water as well so the whole thing is sealed from from any air so it needs to be assembled underwater completely full of water brought out of the water completely sealed with the plant in and then just ensure it's all airtight with whatever you've got available for that make sure the tap is closed and that the reservoir is relatively full before you start and then just take the capillary end the capillary tube end out of the beaker for long enough for one air bubble to form in that tube there so you just let in a tiny little bit of air in and then put it back into the water and a tiny little air bubble will form and then you have and then to just that will move along will it it will move along as the plant starts pulling water in so you record where the air bubble is on the scale start a stop clock time however long you want a time for it might be 10 minutes it might be 20 minutes it might be an hour whatever and then you would change you would change the atmosphere that the plant is in yeah. to see how that affects how much water it takes yeah so you would change one variable in that environment so you might make the temperature slightly hotter you might make it brighter put a big light on it you might put it in a humid condition so you might put the whole thing in a plastic bag does that kind of make sense yeah yeah uh, or put the plant in a plastic bag not just not the whole apparatus um so there are ways of changing the environment just to see how it affects it but you've got to then keep everything else the same and then after the time has passed see how far it's moved so that should give you an idea of the volume of the water that has been taken up by the plant but you've got to be really careful with a practical like this it's estimating the rate of transpiration so it's estimating the amount of water that the plant has taken up because it's lost that volume but remember a plant uses some of that water to exist like it uses some of it in photosynthesis some of it might be in the cells remember i said some of it gets absorbed into the cells that sort of thing yeah it might make a little bit in respiration and then there might be leaks. So it, it can only be an estimate of how much the plant uses or takes in. So that's a, a basic photometer. It's very, very common, practical for transpiration. And depending on how many questions you look at, you'll see lots of different versions of the same apparatus. So should we do some questions? Yeah. Yeah. I've literally wrote the word exam questions dash loads. <laughs> Just because there's so many. Okay, so first one is a five marker. So I'm going oh, straight God, in. Starting with a five straight marker. in with just she a sort of. Just gone in with a one marker. <laughs> or Describe the cohesion tension theory of water transport in the xylem. Five marks. So, like how it moves up? Yeah, how and why it moves up. It moves up when the oxygen in the leaves. The water in the leaves. <laughs> when the water in the leaves <laughs> is used, it goes in the cells or it leaves the plant. So, yeah, brilliant. So, water evaporates out the leaves. Out of the leaves. Exactly. And it of... then requires more water at the top. Right. So, what does that do to the water potential in the in the cells? Lowers the it. Lowers it. So, then it will take more water from the roots and up into the xylem. So that takes water 
into the plant into the leaf stem. from the xylem yeah from the stem effectively and then it needs to fill up because yeah. it keeps going a, so a, a constant flow yeah so that creates the tension the suction so what's the cohesion the flow the water molecules what they stick together uh, they stick together yeah because they are they do I have to talk about that? You probably don't. It does say water molecules cohere or stick together. Okay. Hydrogen and bonds, the, so weak um, hydrogen bonds hold them together because of the polarity. The ligament is hydrophobic. Lignin. Lignin. <laughs> yeah. So so five marks. Water lost from the leaf because of transpiration. That lowers the water potential in the leaf cells. That pulls water up from the xylem, so that's the tension part. Water molecules stick together by hydrogen bonds. That forms a continuous column of water and the water molecules stick together all the time and the lignin repels it. Question two. The plants grown at higher temperatures had a lower number of stomata per millimetre square. So plants that are grown in temperatures that are very hot don't have very many stomata on their leaves. This would be an advantage to a plant because the transpiration rate increases as the temperature increases. Explain why the transpiration rate increases when the temperature increases. Because water's evaporating. What does the high temperature give to the particles? Uh, they will vibrate. So they have lots of... What makes anything vibrate? Uh, kinetic energy. Yes, perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so the molecules have lots and lots of kinetic energy. So that just means a faster diffusion or evaporation. The water's going to move, going to diffuse out of the leaves, cells, into the air spaces and out of the leaf. The diffusion across as fast as they can. Question three has one, two, three, four parts to it. Oh, OK. And it all relates to this resource. So the okay. one where we've been looking at the potometer apparatus same where, and the data as well. Same resource or one resource. This is something we didn't discuss, so it's a good job we are saying it now with the question. Describe how the students would have returned the air bubble to the start of the capillary tube in this investigation. So once they'd done it once and the bubble had moved along and they wanted to do it again, how would they get the bubble back across? So they're going to let the water out and they're going to fill up the reservoir. They're going to let the water they're gonna out. They're going to open the tap. They're going to open the tap to let the water out of the reservoir. So it moves down. So that it moves down. And fills up the capillary tube and pushes the bubble back. Yeah, okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And any excess water will fall back into the beaker. Yeah. Is that okay? Uh -huh. So the mark is open or use the tap or add from the reservoir. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Question two. Give B, th 3B. Give two precautions the students would have taken when setting up the potometer to obtain reliable measurements of water uptake by the plant shoot two marks because it's two precautions they would have pleated the bit they would have done it underwater yes and they would have made sure all the bungs were t tight yes absolutely so one of the marks is ensure it's airtight or ensure watertight and then the other one was put the plant in and as assemble the apparatus underwater there are a couple of other ones so cut the shoot underwater cut the shoot at a slant Dry off the leaves. We didn't talk about that because you've assembled it and inserted it all underwater. Make sure the leaves are dry so that yeah. there's no moisture on the surface. Yeah, okay. Uh, to stop the evaporation. 
insert it all underwater, ensure no air bubbles are present at all in the apparatus, otherwise you've just got to start again. Uh, shut the tap, note where the bubble started, or the start position of the bubble. 3C, a potometer measures the rate of water uptake rather than the rate of transpiration. Give two reasons why the potometer does not truly measure the rate of transpiration. Two marks. Is it because the plant might... Even though, I don't it, know. just because it takes the water in doesn't mean it's then going to evaporate it. it all out Yeah. for the transpiration. It might use some of it yeah. in photosynthesis. It might make some in respiration and add to it. Also, there might be leaks. Also, it sometimes uses water for support and turgidity, which means some of the water goes into the cell walls yeah. and into the cells. Last question, okay? This is using the data now. Okay. Three marks. Explain the relationship between the number of leaves removed from the plant shoot and the mean rate of water uptake. Three marks. The less leaves there are on the plant shoot, mm -hmm. the less water uptake. Yeah, there so be. there's no mark for that because it wants you to give three marks. So you've said that, you've said it right, so now you need to explain why. The water evaporates from the leaves. Yep, out of the stomata. From the stomata. So if you remove all the leaves, if you have less and less leaves, it's not able to do that job. So less leaves means less... Stigmata. <laughs> Stomata. <laughs> thinking of the holes in yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about that this whole time. <laughs> Less leaves, there's less tomato. Yeah. Jesus leaves. Overall. Uh, which means less evaporation. <laughs> yeah. Which means there's going to be less pulling tension through the leaf. <laughs> <clears throat> How are we doing? Fine. Okay. Less leaves, less tomato. <laughs> means there's less evaporation because there's less opportunity for the evaporation. There's less access out of the leaf which also then means that you've got less tension and less cohesion pulling water up from the xylem into the leaf because there's less leaving the leaf. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, shall I do the round up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Water is transported through a plant via a vessel called xylem. Xylem are hollow tubes whereby the End cell walls break down and lignin begins to form in the side walls and form rings or spirals to toughen and strengthen the vessel. This structure allows water to form an unbroken column to conduct the water through the plant. Water is poured through the plant from the roots to the leaves due to transpiration and cohesion tension. Transpiration is the evaporation of water molecules out of leaves via the open stomata from the air spaces which pulls water from the mesophyll cells due to the water potential gradient. This in turn pulls water up into the leaf from the xylem through a suction or tension. The water molecules are cohesive, so they stick together. This means a whole unbroken column of water moves upwards towards the leaf. Transpiration rate is affected by four main factors, light intensity, temperature, humidity and wind speed. The higher the light intensity, the more stomata that are open, so the transpiration rate increases. The higher the temperature, the more energy the particles have, 
and they evaporate faster due to the water potential gradient between the air spaces and the air outside the leaf. A higher humidity outside the leaf means that there is a lower water potential gradient between the leaf and the air, so transpiration slows down. A higher wind speed means that water molecules that evaporate from the leaf are immediately carried away, maintaining the higher water potential gradient and the transpiration rate is high. A potometer is a piece of apparatus used to estimate transpiration rate. The apparatus is sealed, airtight and full of water with only one air bubble present. As the leaf plant pulls water in, the air bubble moves against the scale. This allows the transpiration to be measured. One of the above variables can be changed to see the effect of the rate. Got any takeaways? My takeaways are stigmata. <laughs> um, or stomata. And stomata. Ligment. Lignin. Lignin is waterphobic. Mm-hmm. And it is the strength of the stem. And water sticks together and moves up the stem in a constant flow. Weather affects the amount of transportation. Transpiration. Transpiration. Yeah, well done. Thanks. Excellent. It's just a few of those little language bits, that's all. Mm-hmm. Little, cor- little corrections of, uh, you know, leaves don't if, have stigmata. Well, they do have little holes to, <laughs> to let out the... So, they do have stigmata. Didn't um, get stabbed. If, <laughs> if I wrote transportation instead of transpiration in an exam, would I get a mark for that? No. That's awkward then, because I would definitely write that. Then you'd have to make sure you didn't. The wider reading for July is the Higher Biology podcast... There's a, there are a few good episodes, but I, I don't mean there's a few good episodes. I mean, there's only a few episodes, about 13 episodes altogether, and they're all good. They're all aimed at basically giving you that wider appreciation of the specification. Give those a go. So there are really good ones on biodiversity, photosynthesis and food production. And there's a few on coronavirus as well, actually, that are quite interesting. So give those a go, please. Thank you. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to our website, that is teachmescience.co.uk. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at teachmebiocast and on Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. I think that's right. I think it is. Well done. <laughs> I didn't have the paper with me. Well so. done. That's my fault. My fault. I'm no post-it. And soon you'll be able to buy us a coffee if you'd like, but we're not We're not doing that this week. We'll do it next week. Oh, yeah. Um, You've had some lovely feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some lovely feedback. Oh, my God. Wait for this. Such Wait for this. Feedback. Well, I'll go to the older ones because we had a few with us before as well. Just while you wait, we're waiting, I'll do like a bit of a musical interlude. <whistles> Hurry. Trish. Trish. Trish on Instagram. A lovely lady. She says, I absolutely love your podcast. I listen to it every day. She wants us to cover respiration, which is a big, massive request that we get quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And of course we will be. And actually we will be doing that in the next couple of weeks. So really? Not next week, but we will start that the week after. So it's it is literally coming soon. So she's asked specifically for respiration, and she says, uh, "You guys have set have been a lifesaver." And then I replied, 
to say like yes we're going to do that and everything and I was like really every day she said yep you have literally saved me hours of confusion you explain things so clearly I listen to your podcast every day it's so engaging and it doesn't feel like studying it's really enjoyable she's going to be studying to get into medical school so she's wow. doing an entrance exam for that in September so she's happy that we're going to be doing the respiration stuff in August because that gives her plenty of time mm-hmm. uh, again I love the podcast thanks again Thank Great. you so much, Trish. That's amazing. It makes our day to, to read things like this. It really does. Mm-hmm. Well, we found some nice reviews that are really old. Yeah. Didn't we? We found some reviews that we had missed because I think they were on Apple Podcasts. Hmm. So I happen to be on... Is it Chartable? I don't really know how to use Chartable. And I think you have to pay for it. But there was some reviews on there. So one was from... So one's from March of this year. Surf and Rock PDX. Stumbled across this podcast while struggling a little bit with my biology class. It helped to not only reinforce what I was learning, but also helped me to get a better grasp on some of the topics. I was really having trouble understanding. The online drawings are great. <laughs> you don't do drawings anymore. You no, just copy I, and paste. I can't have got time. <laughs> and then another one from Monique. Again, this was in May. I came across this podcast while looking for a biology review. That I think that means revision sort resources that I could listen to while pottering around the house. Uh, she took IB biology in high school, but that was almost 15 years ago. She did a psychology undergrad and master's, but has recently registered to, for a nursing programme at a local college, finding it super helpful, feeling quite prepared for her final coming up this week. Oh, wow. Uh, so that was in May, so hope you did well. Yeah, um, let's know if you did well, please. Thanks, thanks for putting this out into the world. <laughs> Oh, you guys! Did, oh, now I stood on the final. You guys, how did you do? And then, Thursday of this week, absolutely over the moon, on Twitter, feedback from Jacqueline, who is a science teacher, I think, biology teacher, in, I think, Ireland? Maybe Ireland? Ireland yeah. In Ireland, yeah. And she says, wow, just listen to the selection episode. I love the whole structure, the style, the content. Fantastic resource. Recommending to my pupils in September. Thank you. She then went on to say that the setup is genius. Older biology teacher, sister, teaches it to younger A-level student, sister. I love it. I also love the fact that she believes I was an A-level student. I'm not a 28-year-old. How good is that? Because you're not not an A-level student. You're you're the producer, as it were, and you're being taught to. But it's just the fact that we're sisters. She's not an A-level biology student. No, I'm not. Um, No. Do you want to know what I took at A-level photography? Actually, you are. Well, I am now. I'm a student, <laughs> I'm a student here every Sunday. A student of me. Saturday. And then she went on to say, fantastic resource for students and listening to Sal's will be my first homework in Lower Six in September. Oh. You have no idea what this does for us. It's, we that's just, great. We just you, makes us going, feel so good. And You're doing something worth when, when I saw that our global ranking was 10%, top 10% of all podcasts, thank you so, so much for listening to us. And giving us a chance at also, our little thing. Also, next week is our one year anniversary is, of doing is. this podcast. It is. To think that there's people listening to it. Like, we are literally sitting in a cupboard right now and people listen to us. That is mind-blowing, amazing, and thank you so much for doing that. So we also had a message on Twitter from a lady called Claire Maney who said that her year 12s were addicted to our podcast and said thank you. So if you are a student... In the biology class of a Miss Maney. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi. In Warrington, this is, by the way, just in case there are others. 
We don't know what school it is, but hi. And if you get your teacher to DM us, we will send you badges. Some badges, some Teach Me Biology badges. If you would badges. like them. Mm. Yeah, if only you, if you want them. If you, like, want. If you don't want them, that's fine. <laughs> just do a quick count. Hands up. One, two, three, four, <laughs> two, three, four, four people, five people. people. <laughs> just the one, just the one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want Ria to come and teach a lesson. No. <laughs> Fair enough. If you want me to come and teach a lesson. <laughs> I'll come and teach you as a lesson. <laughs> I can't be I can't be offering myself to driving all over the country. I've got two small children, a job, a podcast. I've got a lot going That's on. That's fine, fair enough. Fair enough. Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Christ. That was a long one. Well it was it was it the content or was it just a jabbering we on? Really chatting on there at the end. I was yeah. telling live stories and yeah. that. Well people sometimes like to know. Yeah, yeah, we do. Stigmata. <laughs> what a depressing way to end the podcast. Can I we, can't stop thinking can about we it. change the subject. <laughs> I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> so we were recording the pod yesterday, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I said stigmata instead of stomata, and people just keep it like, ho, ho, ho. I don't even know what that means. Here are them words. <laughs> But every single time you said tomato, all I was thinking about was Jesus. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I honestly don't know what to say. There is a film called Stigmata. Maybe you should watch it. Is it about Jesus? No, it, it's about... Um, holes in hands. I think it is about like a girl that gets like... Some holes in her hands. Sti- is it stigmata. Might be. I bet that's, it sounds like a horror that does. Um, Yeah, uh, my name is Sarah Matthews, and I am Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology, and we you will hear us next time. You will. Bye. Bye.